Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, everybody. I am Lucia Matuonto, and welcome to the Relatable Voice podcast, a talk show where my guests and I talk about relatable everyday situations, books, and the environment we live in. Remember to subscribe and follow the podcast on social media so you can be notified when a new episode is available. Let's begin! Hello listeners, today Emily Turu is hoping on the RV all the way from Hawaii. Yes, beautiful Hawaii. And she's here to talk about her latest book. After having experienced the loss of two husbands, her father, her mother, aunts, uncles and friends, she has written the book Loving and Living Your Way Through Grief a comprehensive guide to reclaiming and cultivating joy and carrying on in the face of loss. So, Emily, welcome to The Relatable Voice. Thank you so much. I enjoy talking to you. Likewise. And Emily, you are also a certified vegan chef. I keep trying to be more plant-based, shifting to more you know, vegetarian, which has its challenges living in Spain and being married to an Italian. How long have you been vegan for? Actually, I'm not fully vegan. I became a, a vegan chef because of my husband's health. Uh, we'd been vegetarian for quite a while and he had been researching and saw that being vegan would be even better for him because one of his uh, problems was uh, kidney failure. And a vegan diet is really good for people with kidney failure. So I went through the program and, and got certified being a vegan chef so that I could give him the food that served him the best. And I love vegan food. As a matter of fact, when I was in Madrid, I was only there for a few days. But the first day I was there, I took a cooking class. And when I arranged for it, I said, no, I'm... I'm only want to eat vegan, so can you accommodate that? And she did. I was the only one in the class that did that. But at the end of the class, she gave me a list of vegan restaurants in Madrid. And so I had places to eat the whole time I was there. It was really wonderful. Yeah, Spaniards love, love meat. But in Madrid, you can find any kind of restaurant. Yeah, they were really good because it was Spanish-type recipes that were vegan. And... My uh, granddaughter and her husband came to Madrid shortly after I did, and they're vegan, so I sent them the list before they got there, and they tried them out too, and they were thrilled with uh, the vegan food in Spain. Wow, I have to know where these restaurants are. I'll have to see if I've still got the list. It's been a while since I've been there, but I'll see if I can track it down for you. Okay, thank you. Other than being a vegan chef, you are also a grief transformation expert. Huh? Mm -hmm. So yes. can you please explain to us what that means? 
Well, it's, it's a term that, that I chose because of what I was doing. After uh, my second husband to die died, I started writing about it just for me because I've, I've taught writing at the university for 30 years and writing just comes, that's, that's my comfort. And the more I wrote different ways and different things, the more it helped me. So I started teaching other people here on Maui. I invited them over to my house to learn how to do that too. And they just loved it. They got so much out of it. So we met regularly until the pandemic and then we had to stop and go online and going online. I got people from all over, not just Maui that were in the group. And uh, they, they get a lot of comfort from not only the writing, but being together while we do it and then discussing what we wrote. And, and I can see them transforming in, in their grief. We still grieve. Once you're grieving, you grieve for the rest of your life, but you don't have to be sad the whole time. You can hold grief in your heart and be happy at the same time. It's a subject that is kind of taboo for many people. Well, yeah, that, that's true. It's, it's one of my biggest challenges with doing things like podcasts because people go, I don't want to talk about grief, you know? So I, I really like putting the emphasis on happiness because people like to be happy. And if they can see they can grieve and be happy at the same time, then that makes all the difference. Yeah, exactly. And grieving is arguably a response to trauma for some which obviously means everyone has different reactions and process to how they deal with it. So, Emily, is there a right way or wrong way to grieve? Uh, no. You grieve however you need to grieve because we, we really, throughout life, we not only have people that we love die, we also experience lots of different kinds of loss. And with the pandemic, there was even more of that. Lots of people lost jobs. Some people lost homes. They lost the ability to meet with and be close to the, the people they wanted to be around. And it's natural to grieve all those different things. It's important to recognize when you're dealing with loss, because if you don't and you try to bury it, then it gets heavier and it's harder to deal with as it goes along. But if you recognize it, you do something like write about it or you talk to somebody about it, it kind of lightens the load so that you, you can still, like I, my mom and dad died many years ago and I still miss them, you know, and I, I will love them forever. So it's something that, that is always there, but it doesn't have to be the, the dominant thing in your life that makes it so you can't, and some people get that way. They, they get so, uh, worn down by their grief that they just can't seem to, to do anything else. The, they may stay alone a lot and not reach out. And you, you're not likely to get a lot better if that's what you do. So it's important to actively recognize and deal with your grief at the same time. Yes, and people react in a different way. So out of curiosity, Emily, do you believe there is a timeline for grief? No, I don't. Because as long as you love someone and they're gone, you will grieve them. So I, I have, I, it, it bothers me, for instance, when somebody says something about my ex-husband because they're not an ex-husband. We didn't get divorced. 
you know, we, we uh, as far as I can see, I feel like I'm still married to two men and I love them both very much. And I will for the rest of my life. And that's a good, good thing. But a lot of times people feel that they, um, they're told they need to be strong. And so they feel like they shouldn't demonstrate somehow that they're grieving. And so they try to be tough and kind of harden up and talk about anything else in the world except for their grief or about their loved one. And that just delays having to deal with it because it's always going to be there. Yeah. That happens. I, I see it a lot. People really have a, a challenge with it. If it is, for instance, their child that dies, especially lately, it seems like people are getting hit in the crosswalk, walking on across the street. I've had this, several people lately have come to me because their, their child, one of them was 27 years old. So, but it, he was still their child. Uh, just were walking across the crosswalk and were killed and they get angry about it and they have a really hard time dealing with their grief because they feel like they're not supposed to be grieving because their child is supposed to be there with them. Another situation like that is suicide. We've seen a, a rise in suicides with the pandemic and sometimes it's accidental overdoses and sometimes it's you know a an, an violent act of committing suicide. And the, the people that those people leave behind really have a challenge. They, they keep um, having a hard time forgiving themselves for not doing something to prevent it when probably they couldn't have done anything to prevent it, but they, they get it in their mind that they could have. So those, those are especially traumatic issues of grief that are just that much harder to deal with, but you can deal with them. You can get comfort you can feel better, you can experience happiness. Even though it seems like, I've, I've, I've had one person told me that she didn't have the right to be happy since her, her child had died, that she'd failed her child. And I said, no, that's, that's not what happened at all. And you do have the right to be happy always. And I'm sure your child would have wanted you to be happy. Yes. And your book has been called a grief recovery handbook. Emily, you've experienced a lot of loss in your life, which obviously never gets easier. You've learned to face life with love, optimism, and joy. This must have been so difficult considering what you went through. So how did you learn to do this? I found if I actively did something that I know was going to help me. And I started that by writing in my journal. And one of the things that really helped me a lot was writing a list that I was, I'm grateful for. Because when somebody first suggested that to me, I said, you've got to be kidding. My husband died. I'm not grateful for anything. And I, the more I thought about it, I thought, well, maybe there are things that I'm grateful for. So I started writing things that I'm grateful for. And the more things I discovered I was grateful for, the more I smiled and the more things I found to be grateful for. And the more I focused on gratitude, the more I could stay in the moment and know right now, I've got a lot of things to be grateful for, including my wonderful husbands and knowing that they would want me to be smiling now. So that's just one of the examples. Each There's 26 chapters in the book and each chapter at the end of the chapter has something you can actively do to help you deal with your grief. Emily, what has been the most challenging aspect of your book? Well, it's the thing that we were kind of talking about that people don't want to talk about grief. <laughs> and 
I, trying to get the word out there and getting it to people and saying, this is good. This is positive. You can smile when you read it. Uh, that's, that's really important, but I, I think it's the biggest challenge that I have with, with getting things out about it. One of the things that I've been suggesting for people is when someone you know has someone who dies, instead of sending them flowers, send them a copy of this book, because this book can help them for a long time, where the flowers last a day or two, and then they're gone. But this, this book can, can remind you that there's something I can do, and I know I can smile. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. This book is directed to the person who is grieving. Mm-hmm. And what about the support system around the person grieving? Like, what is your advice to the friends or the people close to the person grieving? You know, I was just talking about this with some uh, people I was doing a presentation for the other day. I think it's a good idea to read a book like this before anybody dies so that you have a framework, something to think about when it comes up. Like one of the things I talk about in the book are things that are good to say to someone who's grieving and things that you aren't very helpful if you say them that are very commonly said. And if you've read that book before the time comes up and you go to say something, you go, oh, I can say something better than that. Something that would help them, something that would comfort them. Yeah, so it's, it's kind of, uh, it's, it's a good thing for people who aren't dealing with loss to read so that when they see it around them, they can be compassionate they can know how to reach out and they can know how to comfort the people who are grieving their loss. Yeah, I agree with you because I never know what to say. And it's a, it's a situation that is so delicate that you are afraid of saying something wrong, you know, and it happened in my family and I didn't know what to say to my cousin and I kept hiding from her and I didn't say anything I just could hug her but I could not say anything and everybody unfortunately are going to have this situation someday in life unfortunately because death is part of life yeah and yes and it's good to be prepared. It, it really is. Because one thing that happens when, uh, I know after Jacques died, people just kind of disappeared. 
And I was really surprised. And it took me a long time to realize that they didn't know what to say and that they were uncomfortable around me because they didn't know what to say. That didn't help me. <laughs> I would rather have them come and sit next to me and not say anything and hold my hand, you know, or listen to me talk. And that would have been great. They didn't have to say a word. And instead, I got kind of left alone. And we knew so many people and had so many friends. And I still found myself being alone a lot of the time. So when, when you run into this situation where it's somebody you love who's lost somebody they love, and you know the person who died, you can say something like, oh, I remember how much fun we used to have at John's when we'd go over and, and play games and sit in front of the fire at night. That was such a wonderful thing. And so it's just sharing a, a happy memory and calling the person by name because the, the person who's grieving would love to hear that name and hear something positively associated with it. That, that'll help. That will really help. That is always a very good tip, uh, Emily. And I had a quote I chose for you. It's from Leo Tolstoy. Only people who are capable of loving strongly can also suffer great sorrow. But the same necessity of loving serves to counteract grief and heals them. What do you think about this world? Uh, I do think, I think everything's love for me. Uh, everything that I do, I do it based on love. The writing I do, I base it on love. The teaching that I do with teaching people how to, to uh, write through grief, how to be happy, those sorts of things I do based on love and my love. And I, I just feel like I'm living, being, doing love. And when you do that, then everything else falls into place. And everything else tends to be really positive. And if something hard does come up, you've got, you've got the ammunition to deal with it because you, you can share uh, things that are positive and share happy things. Being present for someone who's grieving is the best gift in the world you can give to them. Yeah, exactly. And Emily, what does joy look like to you? Uh, joy is like a, a beyond happiness. Joy is where I recognize that in this moment, everything's beautiful, everything's positive, I feel good, I'm loved, I love people, and that brings great joy to me. When I start worrying about what happened in the past or what may happen in the future, it's, it's really hard to feel joy. But if you can be right here, right now, that's where joy resides, I think. Joy is like being present in this mm -hmm. Because we don't know what's going on tomorrow, so enjoy this. That's right. Emily, what is next for you? Are you planning to write more books? Are you giving some workshops? I saw something related to workshops on your website. I believe so. Yes. So Emily, please tell our, our listeners, what are you doing next? Well, right now I have um, some groups on Facebook online that, that people just are able to 
um, talk to each other and I post something positive every day on the different groups. And one of them is uh, writing through grief with Emily. And so I post something for a topic for them to write about every week and then we can discuss that. I also do uh, on every Saturday, I have a, a Zoom workshop where people can come, that one's for free. You can just come and it's only an hour and I'll give you something to write about. And then we talk amongst whoever is there at the group that day about what they wrote and we can share. And it's, it's usually at the end of the group, everybody's smiling and feels really good. And I have uh, on my website, which is the name of my book.com. So it's loving and living your way through grief.com. I always put anything that's coming up so that you can you can see what's going on. And I'm in the process of designing a membership program where you, you can join the program and once a week get together with other people who are grieving. And I'll give you writing exercises. I'll give you happiness exercises. You'll be able to talk to each other in the group so that you can have the support of the other people around you. And I'm really excited about this. It's going really well. And that, that should, it'll be a couple of months before it comes out because I want it to be really solid before I, I open it up. But I'm in the process of doing that. So that's really what's next. Your work, what you are doing is so precious, Emily, because I don't see many people doing it, you know? Yeah. Not because it's not because people don't care. It's just because my impression is that we are so focused on living and life that we forget sometimes that to get prepared for losses. Yeah. Yes. I, it's just my opinion. It's love, really, what you're giving. It's yes. Love. And giving love is not, it's not, love is not too much yeah <laughs> what i mean yeah. you can never have too much love <laughs> no and emily where can our listeners find you and this beautiful book you wrote well the the book can be purchased um any place you order books online places like amazon or barnes and noble or, or the independent booksellers because it's, it's traditionally published so it's available through any of them and you can always find me at, at my website. And my email is emily at lovingandlivingyourwaythroughgrief.com. So everything is based around the title of my book. So it's, it's easy to track me down. So Emily, it was a pleasure to talk to you. Come back. Thank you. I'd love to. I'd be happy to anytime. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe so you'll be notified when the next one is posted. Please rate this podcast and share it with your friends. Thank you for listening. And remember, relationships don't exist. Relating does. Until next time. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. 
Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.